0: Why did God have to become a man? Why did he have to take on human flesh to save us? If he is in fact God and can do all things, why did he need to do it this way? We'll take a look at that from the eyes of the author of Hebrews. Next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. Jesus is indeed fully God, as if he were not man. But he's also fully man, as if he were not God. And the question is then begged, why did Jesus, why did God, Become a man and dwell among us. Well, the author of Hebrews gives us seven reasons, and those seven reasons are on the table for discussion today. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We would invite you to join us today as we seek to answer that question, why did God become man? And We've got seven answers for you. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now. See,
1: Christianity isn't a giant brain. It's a huge relationship. It's a family relationship in which you are being brought into the family of God for time and eternity. And you call the father, father, and Jesus, you're my elder brother. I'm going to tell you, it's nice to have elder brothers when you grow up where they like to beat up on you. We had a pecking order in our house. Hazel was sent out first till she turned about 15. Then it was Paul, but Paul married too soon, got away. Then it was poor David, because we'd have kids knock you over, steal your marbles, and left you off balance, all this stuff. And uh, it was wonderful in me, uh, me being the youngest of the family. It was good to know there were reinforcements coming, because our little mother would send them out, send them out. And I would go through this and go And one of the kids would have to go out and rescue me. Someone would have to handle the bully. But you see, when you grow up by yourself and you have no elder brother, or maybe even you're the oldest and there's no one to. Here it says, in Christ, I have an elder brother. There is a kinship that he created by becoming a man that is unexplainable beyond the Word of God. You plumb the depths. What does that mean? I am considered a brother of the Lord Jesus. See, in his earthly life, he had half-brothers. Jude was a half-brother. James was a half-brother. He had real brothers in this world. But this is a spiritual family that he created. Now, the fourth reason he came is to forever change death for his family. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood... He himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy and the transi- take the word destroy, he might render inoperative. He did not annihilate the devil, but he rendered him inoperative in the realm of death, so that he could destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil he came and he personally wanted to strip Satan of power in the realm of death. Amen. And look at what he says. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Now, can the devil kill you? Let's, let's check this out. How did the human race Start dying. Huh? Satan. He told a lie, and we bought it. And when we ate of the fruit, the race died in a day. Romans 5, 12. We died in Adam. What got Adam to sin? Satan. What was his tactic? To kill them. Destroy them. Who killed Job's ten children? Yeah. Had to get divine permission, but he carried it out. So he exercised. And then what is one of his greatest tactics in the realm of death is fear, the paralyzing power of fear. Uh, Who's going to take my life, threaten a man's life, and you can, he'll do anything. But after Jesus came, they killed thousands of us at stakes to lions, and for centuries we were slaughtered and killed because we said with Luther, the body they may kill, but the soul lives still. Go ahead, burn us, chop our heads off, throw us to the lions. We aren't afraid of dying because our founder is in charge of death, has delivered us from death, and we'd rather die for the truth than to be alive for a lie thousand and early church history that would marvel that people would sing uh, while they were dying many martyrs would refuse to be tied to the stake lights or flames I'm not going anywhere and they would start singing hymns and if you would go and visit the catacombs in Rome when you go down there this was subterranean it's where the slaves and where the Christians were buried Above ground, you have these uh, epitaphs of all the philosophers. Despair, I plunge into an endless night where there is no existence because the Greek mind says you're annihilated at death. You cease to exist. You go in the tombs and you would see a very common inscription, forever alive in Jesus. Uh, One of the most common was a, uh, a lamb in the arm of a shepherd. Or they would have a sail, sailing off to heaven. It was defiant of everything above ground. I'm alive forevermore. Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life. Oh, let me tell you, believer, you just cannot realize the fear that's been removed for us. We say, if I got to die, I'm going to just change addresses. I'm moving from here to there, but I won't cease to exist. I will continue to exist I will continue to praise the Lamb. Man can only do so much because, so what, burn me, chew it up by lions? I wonder where the Christian shows up that was chewed up by a lion. How do you get a resurrection? Don't worry, God can put it all back together. Like if you're buried at sea, he can put you back together. Just speak the word, and you'll come back. He rendered the devil powerless in the realm of death. For he even said in John 8, You shall never see death if you believe in me. And that is there is no entity out there for death. Your best and greatest sight of Christ will be when you die. You will see Christ. The first thing after you take your final breath in this life will be Christ. To live is Christ. And to die will be gained. All because he came. All because he changed the cemetery forever. Well, let's keep going. This is too uh, good just to meditate on it, you know. For surely it is not angels that he helps. But he helps the offspring of Abraham. Isn't that interesting? He did not come to help angels. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers, in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. i just uh, been reading articles in West County Times where George Miller's just hanging it up after 40 years. I think served 20 terms, trying to get him to do a 21st term, and he said no. So he served for 40 years. Very personable person and uh, uh, very interesting Had quite a career. Uh, I want to ask you, did George Miller represent you in Congress? I I saw just this morning that California is enacting, in 2015, they will enact 900 new laws. So in about 30 days, you will all be lawless of something. Plastic uh, bags are going to be outlawed. this is going to uh, They didn't say anything about frogs on this one. Uh, water, the depth that you can uh, try to bi- put a well because of our water table dropping so much, they're setting limits on that. I mean, 900 new laws are coming out. Uh, I don't know how many voted in, back in November. When's the last time your vote made a difference? I don't hear a whole lot of. Uh, enthusiasm, do you ever feel like anybody in D.C. represents your point of view? I honestly, I don't know. I don't know who it is. I hope there's somebody there. that Who represents you? Uh, you know, I have to even watch mailing sometimes. They'll get busy here. We've got to get a mailing out. If I hadn't read it before, it's my name's on it. And you come to me and say, that's a lousy piece. I say, oh, I didn't even see it said, too late. You should have. Why didn't you? You represent that peace. Very seldom will you ever be represented in life by someone who's fair and kind to you. And Christ says, I came in order that, and he's going to develop this theme in the book. We just touch on it. I'm going back uh, and represent you to the Father as a high priest. Let me show you something about the high priest. He had 12 stones he wore as a breastplate. And when the high priest, once a year, on the 14th of Nisan, Yom Kippur, uh, when they would go into the Holy of Holies, symbolically, the 12 tribes were represented by this breastplate. And he sprinkles this blood on the mercy seat And if that is accepted and he's not killed, it's in essence God is saying the 12 tribes have been atoned for, and so the high priest has represented the nation and its sin, but with this atoning lamb. When he turns around and he walks back through the inner court, goes to the outer court, And by the time he gets outside to the people he now represents god to the people this is god's answer your sins have been atoned for another year now jesus christ is saying i came to earth i suffered i've died i've dealt with satan and i've gone back to heaven which is a part of my exaltation and you can count on this I will represent you before the Father and I will represent you on the basis of what I did at the cross I will take the cross work and say I died in their place and you accepted me so now I represent them before you you must repre- you must accept them because I'm their representative I'm their intercessor So I have a representative right now in the third heaven that I never had, ever, none of us. We have not a Levitical priest. We don't have that, a fallen sinner with weaknesses that could be bribed, that could be corrupted. I have the perfect God-man who stands as my representative between God and I. Christ represents you and I. He's your representative. Sixth thing he does for us. He uh, bears all of God's wrath against us in himself. And he uses a word here. uh, Most folks can't even spell it, let alone say it. He's there to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Now, many will read uh, NIV has atonement. Uh, Totally misses it totally misses it, because it doesn't tell you what the atonement accomplished. There's two concepts with the cross, and we'll look at this on our Wednesday night study. Expiation, expiation, propitiation. Let me give you expiation. Uh, You did damages, uh, let's say an accident, car accident. Your insurance settled. Uh, You gave us a check for the repairs and for all the inconvenience. In essence, your offense has been expiated. It's been covered. It's taken care of. All right? The fine's been written. Law number nine was broken. This is the penalty. It's been paid, expiated. But over here, imagine you shot my son for an ounce of coke. Coke. And on a drug deal that went bad. And now you're asking me, what could I pay you? What could you pay me? What could you pay me? My son is worth $10 billion to me. You coming in here offering some monetary payment like it was just a car wreck? This is against me. You stripped me of my only son. I am ticked. I'm angry. I want blood revenge, especially if you lived in the Middle East. Blood for blood, eye for eye. There is no offering you can give me. There's no money you can give me. I want to kill your son. And then we'll call it even. See how you like that. Sin is personal. Sin isn't just a fine. Number eight commandment. Sin is against a person a divine person. And the word used to appease his anger and his wrath, the word is this word, propitiation. And it means to abate, to satisfy, to quench the anger of the divine person. And only the Son could do it. For you... It means eternity in hell and punishment for which God says, you deserve it, you deserve it. You rejected everything I offered. You deserve hell. I have no apologies for hell. None. And if you are ever to escape it, you must find somebody that can quench my anger and my wrath toward your behavior. He said, Jesus came. To propitiate the father he made the father give up all desire to sentence you to judge you and he was subdued at the cross and he said you freed me to save sinners because you satisfied my wrath you satisfied my wrath I'm satisfied with the payment I think of this story I've told it once before but it was my brother Paul's middle boy Marty was about six foot, six one by the time he's in 11th grade. Bad grades. Paul would spank him as a grown boy. Take your spanking. You can't bring in F's on report cards. And I just wink and look the other way. Well, he did it enough times. He got tired of it. Nothing was working. And the magnificent gesture my brother made to the boy when he brought back the bad report card. He simply said to Marty, Marty, somebody must pay for these grades, and your dad is tired of spanking you. It's not working, and he hands him the belt, but somebody must pay, and so your dad wants to pay your debt. From now on, you spank me, and give me as many blows as I would give you. Let's make it fair. And the boy broke down in tears, couldn't touch his dad, couldn't hurt him. And the grades changed, and the motivation kicked in, and he changed. Exactly this is what God did at the cross. Somebody's got to pay for your sins. And even if you were on the cross, it'd take a billion years, and the debt would still be owed because you've sinned against the holy, righteous God But what my son did in six hours, I was satisfied. So I cancel all of your hell and give you heaven just because a representative came that could quench my righteous anger. That's what propitiation is. And then he finally says, he came because he himself has suffered when tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Think of it. Have you been poor? He's the only man in the Bible I read that lived in one adult garment all of his adult years, the one his mother made for him. He didn't have a change of clothes. He didn't have money to pay taxes. He robbed the mouth of a fish to pay his taxes. Have you been hated? He was called the child of fornication, son of fornication. His nickname in his neighborhood was Bastard. That's what son of fornication in American truism would say. You're illegitimate. Your mother was a player. You don't even know the source of your origin. To call the son of God that? Or call him the son of a devil? You're, you're a demon-possessed man. They said that, Matthew 12. The Belial fills you. Belial was the god of flies. You're inhabited by demons from the fly world. This can't be. This can't be the creator. This can't be almighty God who can speak the universe out of existence. And then he says to you and to his people, if you ever get tempted, call on me. I've been there. I've experienced it. And this word is able to help. It means able to respond to the cry for help. I can't hear you. And he said, all you got to do is say Help, have you ever had a prayer meeting when the only word you could say was, help, help. I cannot articulate what I need, but I'm in dire straits. He said, I went through all that humanity and earth and rejection has so I could become your sympathetic prayer answering God. I know when you're lonely. I know when you're falsely accused. I know when you're called names. I know when you're hated. I know when your daddy's passed away and you're living with a widowed mother. I know what it is to be poor. I know what it is to sleep out at night with no place to lay my head. Call on me. Call on me, and I will run to your aid. I've been tempted more than any human being in history has ever been tempted. Are you a woman? I've experienced every womanly temptation. How can it be? He's the God-man. You're a man? You're a teenager? I understand the whole gamut of human trial, testing, seduction, Satan, I've experienced it all that I may be qualified to rescue those that simply cry. Because remember, you're his brother. There's no bully on the block that can outdo Jesus. No bully on the block, including the devil. And he says, I run to the cry of my people. I never offered help for angels, but I'll help my weakest brother, my weakest sister, this is our Savior. This is why he came. This is why he came. That's why you can make it. This is why you can make it. He is our strength. The Psalms say it, say it all the He is my strength. He is my help. He is my fortress. He is my shield. He said, he's my power. He's my protector. He's my prayer answerer. Oh, we give you Jesus. That's what Hebrews is saying. This is why, though he's greater than angels, he stoops lower than angels because he wanted to rescue humanity from all of all the entanglements of sin. And we are the rescued. Should we rejoice? Should we not rejoice for why he came? If you don't have such help in your life, if you have no one to represent you, If you have no one that will run to you when you cry, it means you haven't become his brother yet. And all you have to do to become his brother is want to. And if you want to be related to Christ in a family way, the Bible uses the term, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will become a family member. You will be saved. You'll be saved from your sins, saved from the judgment of God, saved from all the wreckage that sin has brought to the human family. Jesus came to save. He's a Savior God. Santa Claus saves nobody. He just gets fat and keeps you hoping. We got a Jesus that saves, a wonderful Savior.
0: And that brings us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Closing out our program, I'd like to leave you with our contact information, especially in light of the fact that this is a listener-supported ministry. And as you contact us, not only with prayer support, but financial support as well, we're able to continue the ministry, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Friday as well, here on KFAX. Please prayerfully consider that as you contact us today with your gift, 855 855- is our phone number. Again, that's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And another way to contact us, probably the easiest, is through our website, valleybible.org. It's there that you can even take advantage of our secure online donations. You can also take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth and walk in Christ. Again, valleybible.org. It's there that we also have a bit more information about who we are and what we believe, and directions if you would like to join us for worship. Service times are at 9 and 11 this morning, and we'd love to see you face-to-face. And don't forget, as you partner with us financially and become a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a -a once-a-year special gift, along with access to Take a Break, which is the weekly devotional video by Pastor Phil. Find out more at valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.